Hola, soy Miguel Maltos González, coming back to you on Firme, Cuentos y Arte Podcast, from Spokane, Washington, that's right, El Islam, you know, not too long ago, I mentioned how, how I was going to be starting a project with a local art teacher to develop some artist talks with the students middle school and high school students and we had we had our first episode and it was very successful I feel it was very successful and and I feel we all had a really good time doing it too (laughs) it was really good and and in this you know the, the the whole purpose behind getting these students together was to go beyond that academic curriculum of, you know, old dead white guy artists that they may not be able to connect with, and they obviously can't ask them questions, they can't ask them what, you know, what was your inspiration, why did you decide to be an artist, I mean, they can read all that stuff, but they're reading from what they know, they're reading what they're being told, but instead what we decided to do with these students is give them an opportunity to, to hear what inspires a living artist, a local artist, why they, they chose to become an artist, what, why they chose the, the medium that they work in, and also, you know, what, what are they doing now? Are you a full-time, independent, professional artist? Do you work part-time as an artist? If so, what do you do the other part of the time? So, yeah, just all sorts of information and questions that the students were able to have. Um, as we went into our, our little talk, our plastic guy, one of the students uh, asked about, about the artwork I was showing them, about my work, because I went and I explained about Chicanoism. I touched on that lightly. And I discussed how that influences me in my, my work today. So one of the questions a student asked, a very good question, I think, was about that reoccurring theme. I remember they had asked, and I believe it went something like, um, explain to us what the yellow circles symbolize. Yeah, that's what it was. Explain to us what the yellow circles symbolize. And I thought the way that student asked the question was very good, very insightful, and also the, I guess, the interest in, in that, that symbolism and why that object is reoccurring in, in practically all of my art. And I went into how, how that's a part of me. That is something that I connect with in every piece that I do. And also, as, as I look at, at the artwork that I do, as I look at, at why, what, in, what inspired me in the first place was my father, was my mother, and the Chicano activism that they were a part of, the artwork they made, and the projects they collaborated on, you know, it, that's what inspired me. 
And as I've come to learn more about my heritage and where I come from before Texas was Texas, I, I learn about my, my indigenous heritage. You know, I've come to realize and learn that, for example, like the way the Spokane tribe is referred to, and, and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong on this, but the, the Spokane tribe is, is also known as the children of the sun. Well, in San Antonio, that's the Bayaya land that was inhabited, I believe, of the Cuauhtecan, and they were also known as the people of the sun. So the people of the sun, my heritage, that that is what those symbols mean. That's my heritage. It's my ancestry watching over me, being a part of my work, and it goes with me everywhere I go. It goes into every piece that I make. And connecting what I'm doing today with what led up to this piece of art. It wasn't just a picture that I took, a snapshot of time. It wasn't just that. But it's everything it takes to lead up to it. Learning how to take a photograph. Understanding how to create your composition. Understanding how to balance the exposure to develop the look that I want. You know, and it, it goes even further back with I, I wouldn't know this if it weren't for my father that taught me and his interests. And I wouldn't understand about the symbolism of color. I wouldn't understand about the composition if it wasn't from my mother's learning that taught me. And it just makes me go farther back in time to the foundation of my ancestry. And I feel they should be represented. They should be honored somehow. And that is how I choose to honor them, by putting them in every piece of artwork. And that's what ties it all together, I believe, the past and the present, going forward into to younger and, and more people seeing my, my artwork and learning. So that was, that was a really good question. And um, in this talk, we, we also went over how culture and influences the artwork that you do and where we grow up, what we learn, how we learn, who we hang out with, how all of that influences our art. And, you know, we talked about uh, what influences some of the students to make art. What, what, is, what is their interest? Why? Why would you make art? Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, being a full-time professional artist, which I have before in the past, and the good and the bad, because there is good and bad in everything, whether we like to admit that or not, there, there is that balance of good and bad all the time, you know, the pros and cons, the ups and downs, it, it's, it's there, and it's, it's okay, that's, that's what life is, and we talked about that a little bit, and, um, then the students had, we had about a good 15 minutes for questions, and they asked me questions about San Antonio, they asked me questions about specific artwork, they asked me questions about my dad that taught me, my mother, they asked me more questions about 
being Chicano and what is Chicanoism and what where does that even come from you know where where does that come from because and many of the students said because I've never heard of that word and I don't know what it means and then they asked you know are there other Chicanos here in Spokane and I said that's a very good question because the answer to that is yes and no yes I'm pretty sure that there is another individual that would self-identify as a Chicano and would independently state that. But no, there isn't a Chicano community or group of our community simply because of the lifestyle and the culture that's in the Pacific Northwest and how different it is. San Antonio has its own vibe and its own culture. And I went on to explain how how that's different from being up here in Spokane or being in the Pacific Northwest. And we talked about some of the phrases and some of the terms that that we use down there. You know, for example, a very common phrase and term that I'm sure you've probably seen on t-shirts or flags or caps and stuff like that, you know, is come and take it. We talked about the meaning of, of that phrase. We talked about how there's another phrase that says don't mess with Texas and the meaning behind that. It's not just a, a state highway slogan. <laughs> it's, there's another, there's another meaning behind that. And, um, we talked about that and then we talked about some of the the slogans that are commonly heard up here in Washington State or in the Pacific Northwest or in the Spokane area and a couple of them that the students told me so this is where they they got to teach me was there was um, a phrase that, that goes and I think it's something like not all who wander are lost and then another one was <laughs> get outside. So, yeah, I mean, there was a lot. There was a lot that we exchanged, and it was a really, really, really good event. It, we really enjoyed each other's company. And then stayed on for about another half an hour with the, the, the host and the adults that were there. And we talked a little more. I guess a little more adult focused on Chicanoism and arts and culture and it went a little farther there but it's very positive it's very good more good very little bad <laughs> the only bad thing is we we couldn't continue the conversation we all had somewhere to be we had little ones to put to sleep or we had dinner to make or you know work to grade or whatever we we all had to, to move on with our evening but it was just it was a great time and it was, it was really good, so I'm hoping that the teacher I was coordinating with is able to, to take that recorded event and share that on social media or share that on YouTube or something. Um, but yeah, it, it would be great to create a series like that. So through this episode, I'd love to invite other artists, artists of of any medium, of any heritage, any background, whether you're here in the Spokane area or you 
you could be anywhere, anywhere, because we connect through Zoom. We connect through technology. So yes, you can literally be anywhere as long as, as we're able to coordinate our time together. Um, it would be great to put together something uh, of another artist talk or maybe even have a panel so we can have an artist or two, um, maybe three artists together and have a panel on a particular medium. You know, put three painters together, put three uh, jewelry makers together. Um, something. That would be fun. I think it would be really, really good for the, the students to learn and to grow as artists, as, as creatives. And I think it would just be really, just really nice to build that community and show that, yes, artists are real people and we have a story to us. And, um, yeah, there's, it would be fun. I think it would be fun. So, yeah, this is my, my open invitation to to artists to, to reach out to me and let me know if you'd be interested in this kind of a project um, to, to have a, a Zoom talk with middle school, high school students, and some of their parents attended, which I thought was really nice. And, you know, and they had siblings there. So, you know, it was a pretty good turnout. We had, I believe, about 23, 24, you know, participants on the Zoom call. But, but there were more people than that. There were more people involved. And um, so, yeah, it, it would be a, a small 20-something uh, community. Um, artists would have time to, to share and it would be great to have examples of your work to present and talk about and then just be ready for some 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 good questions from these really insightful young artists wanting to really grow and develop and um, just absorb information so yeah go ahead and, and message me let me know if you're interested so we can look into scheduling this and trying to make this a, a reoccurring um, event. I, I think it'd be really nice if we could do it every month or every other month or something. I mean, of course, it all depends on, on people's availability and, and all the wonderful things we're doing in the community, but but no, that would I think that would be really awesome to try and and do that. So So please, reach out if you're interested, if you have questions or would like to learn more on on the logistics of how this works, I'm glad to to have a conversation with you on that, and I encourage you to to reach out to me and try to build this. This would be really nice to start this as as a reoccurring program for for young artists to grow and develop and, and learn from artists that are living today. Yes, yes, that'd be great because. Having to learn from old dead white guys is not, it's not always what art is about. And <laughs> that's one thing I remember personally was I remember, and, and I, this is part of a, a previous episode where I had asked an art teacher, you know, when am I going to learn about, like, what we're doing today? <laughs> what about anything from Sananto, you know, Chicano work? Is there, is there anything going on, you know? Yeah. So that's my, my brief episode for today on how art can be 
a great tool to educate and 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 help guide younger artists that we're always we're always a, a, an example to the next generation of artists and I feel that we owe it to them to help steer them in the right path you know as as a person that's been involved in the arts as, as long as I have I've come to learn a lot of the a lot of things you know I've made a fair share of mistakes and I've learned okay well you don't do things that way okay well I tried it these two three ways and it never it didn't work why didn't it work because and then I can answer actually answer that and it kind of build this this bank of knowledge and experience that I'm looking in a way to to help shape what what the future of, of, of local art can be, you know, help develop these artists and inspire them and expand their minds to what art is right now, who's making art right now, where they live, or from across the, across the country, either way, so that's what I'm looking to do is to help take my, my knowledge and my experience and that pass that on to the younger generation. I feel that, that that is something that I I feel like I'm obligated to do that actually. I'm not doing it because it's you know, it's one of those things that's like somebody's shaking a finger, oh you gotta do it. No. I, I really feel that it's my responsibility to support and to help younger artists grow into what they want to be. If my experience can be used for good, I'll use it for good and not evil. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I just it's one of those things that it just makes me reflect on if if I if I've spent all this time gathering so much information and learning, then it would be very selfish to not not share that with somebody. That to not help somebody would be just I feel just very selfish to hold and bottle all this knowledge and this experience that I have and sometimes sometimes people will do that you know there are these people that and I've met them I'm sure you you've met them too that they call themselves lifelong learners and they just keep going to continuing education or they stay in college and they just keep learning and learning because they love to learn and they learn and learn 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 and they just keep absorbing all this knowledge and it just goes into this bottomless bucket and disappears with experience with wisdom with a practicality to it and all this knowledge just goes in a bucket and then when this person dies all that knowledge is buried with them and it sits there in the ground doesn't do anything for community it doesn't do anything for other people with similar interests that are still alive and have the ability to make an impact on the world around them no it's information it dies with them I just feel that instead of allowing this information to die with me I feel it, it's it's like my duty to to be the ancestor that the community deserves to 
take my knowledge, my experience, and be able to share it with somebody, and at least do my part to, to help educate somebody and, and, and lift them up and, and empower them with knowledge and experience that they wouldn't have been able to gain otherwise. And then from there, from that point, that individual that's receiving the knowledge, it's up to them on how they utilize it. They can apply it personally and implement it in what they do, or they can choose to take that knowledge and share it with other people and keep that bank of knowledge and experience being handed from generation to generation. So that's just my take. <laughs> that's just my thought. But then again, that's, I, that's all that I have. I just have my thoughts. So in this, I, I again, I invite you to, to reach out to me if you're compelled or even curious to know more about this opportunity to, to work with young artists, please message me and we'll, we'll continue a dialogue on this. Um, when it comes to some of the things we talked about, the phrases, the terms, and the background of San Anto, that's, that's for another episode. We'll, we'll get into that soon because that would be a good talk to, to share more of where I come from. So again, I, I want to thank all of you for listening and being a part of this this journey of, of finding Chicanoism in the Pacific Northwest, kind of finding the place of where Chicanoism could be. So yeah, again, I, I thank you all, and uh, yeah. <laughs>